Blog Talk Radio. Quiet, please. Welcome to Rex Sykes Movie Beat Conversations with filmmakers where we discuss everything film and television. Here on Movie Beat, you'll learn what to do and what not to do when it comes to making movies and TV. And we will talk to everyone behind the scenes and in front of the camera. And they'll provide you with the guests and the information you're going to want to have, whether you're a filmmaker or a fan. And so now let's move behind the scenes here at Movie Beat. My guest today is Mr. Brad Bell, better known as Cheeks. The uh, web series, uh, funny, funny web series produced by by Brad, by Janice Benson, uh, by Jeff Greenstein, the director, uh, all whom have been on the show before, uh, is a marvelous web series that that you must see. Uh, Brad is better known as Cheeks, uh, also the character he plays in the web series. He's going to be coming up in just a moment. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about him in just a few seconds. But first, let me tell you that the chat room is open, and you can join us there. If you're listening live, of course, if you're listening archived, then that's not available to you. All of the interviews you can listen to live from RexSykes.com. It's the official web address of Rex Sykes Movie Beat. That's me. I'm your host, Rex Sykes. It's R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S.com. You can listen live from the guest biography page right there at the interviews blog. Or you can listen archived. Because all of the interviews, all of these discussions, over 280 hours worth, um, are archived right there at RexSykes.com. And available for your listening pleasure 24-7, anytime. They're also available from uh, the iTunes store, uh, available free as podcasts, so you can go and download them to your favorite electronic device, take them with you wherever you go. And MovieBeat is really designed to be a resource for you. That's why I connect you up with others, uh, professionals who are making it happen. The only thing we ask in exchange is that you share these interviews, these podcasts, the URLs, the website with other filmmakers, actors, fans, uh, movie buffs, uh, anyone and everyone who has an interest in all things movies, TV, and web web series. Um, And also to leave comments during the show at the player. Uh, If you're listening to this, Live, there's a player right there in front of you that's making it available to you, and underneath it is a comment window. So take a moment and leave comments about the show, about my guest, what you liked, uh, because when you do that, it increases our visibility and our presence on the internet, uh, makes the show uh, easier to find for others who may not know about it, and that, of course, is what we wish to do. So help me out with that. Also, you can rate and review the shows. Uh, the podcast from the iTunes store. Now, depending on your browser, i got to let you know that the, the comment window may or may not be visible during the show, but it is immediately visible after the player closes down. So if you wait to the end of the show to leave your comment, that's fine. But please do not go away without leaving a comment or without rating and reviewing the show because that's what you can do in exchange for getting all this wonderful information absolutely free. Because my guests give away the form. They give you how-to, secrets, what to do, what not to do, uh, when to do things, how to advance your career. Uh, absolutely free to you. And in exchange, all we do is ask you to share it and to comment on it. You can tweet, live tweet. It's great. Put it on your Facebook wall. Invite other people, even right now, live or archive, to join you in listening to this show. And uh, we certainly appreciate it when you do. All right, let me tell you a little bit about Mr. Cheeks, Brad Bell is a fresh face in TV, currently working as a consulting producer for VH1's Pop-Up Video. Uh, Bell has crafted the online persona of Cheeks for years and has built a pre-existing fan base that he brings to his projects. In addition to short-form comedic videos on YouTube, Cheeks has also released three albums on iTunes, all of which debuted in the top ten electronic charts. 
Brad is the executive producer, co-writer, and star of Husbands the Series, a marriage equality comedy that has become an online sensation and garnered positive notices from the Atlantic, USA Today, and The Advocate. The New Yorker hailed Bell as the standout in a rare rave review, the the only one that the publication has ever given to a web series. And so without any further ado, if you'd help me uh, welcome uh, Cheeks to the show. Hi, Cheeks. How you doing? Hi, good morning. I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, awesome. quite early here on the West Coast, but I'm doing well. That, that it is. It is early. And uh, we have a lot of people in the chat room, and uh, welcome to all those people there who are uh, listening in. And, uh, again, Jane S. Benson and, and Jeff Greenstein are uh, – Jeff, Jeff directs the show, and Jane and you co-produce and write the show. Uh, it, it, it is really uh, an incredible offering. I, I've watched the the series now a couple of times uh, because one is entertaining, it's well made, and two, it's it's actually short enough to <laughs> to watch it multiple times inside of a day. I mean, you really um, what impresses me so much about it is the short amount of time your episodes are, and how much entertainment value and quality uh, is packed into those couple minutes. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was it was designed to be short um, because of the medium that it exists on, and so uh, that's always good to hear that people are are getting a lot of laughs in a short amount of time because that was the goal. Well, I've I've I've, I've had the good fortune of, of being able to sit to, to talk with Jane on the show and to sit down with Jane, you know, in person in, in California and, and talk about the show. She's always made time, which is is a wonderful thing. I appreciate that so much. Um, when we when we've met in um, in in Los Angeles, the, uh, the 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 thing that impresses me is 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 trying to get something that's funny and that works into such a short amount of time. I mean, literally the episodes are about two minutes long, and and yet, I mean, it's it's, it's I'm going to venture that it's like a beat per show. <laughs> it's like a a web series of beats mm-hmm. that that work. You know, and I and I, I, it's that in and of itself. I think is really, really cool. Yeah, um, I, I think that there's there's an art and a craft to being able to convey the information that you need to in a short amount of time, and you know, leave an act break every two minutes, and to be able to do it humorously. I, I think if you're doing it well, you don't really notice it. Um, but I actually think that it, it's quite complex to have to put everything onto two pages. Uh, but I, I think that, you know, I'm, I'm very happy with the result, and uh, I think that it works works very well to make two-minute episodes. I think that you get in, you get out. People feel like they, you know, got uh, their two minutes worth, and they want more, hopefully. Well, what also is... I think astounding is that in that two minutes you get a sense of knowing who these people are, and, and they're likable people. You know, you somehow in in a very short period of time have introduced us to the characters, to to what's going on. Uh, it has the comedic elements, and it's all right there. I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, where where it would seem to in other situations or in other shows take, you know, uh lots more time or lots more minutes or a lot more shows to accomplish what what you all have accomplished in a very short period of time. Well, thank you. Yeah, I it, I don't actually think that it needs to take that long. I think that if you have a show Let's say you're working with a sitcom and, you know, your first commercial break isn't for six or seven minutes. You, I guess, tend to make it longer than it needs to be, that sort of discovery of those people. Mm. Uh, But, you know, when you think about it in real life, I mean, you, whether you want to or not, you pretty much make a snap decision about people within the first 30 seconds, the way that they're speaking, the way that they're standing, you know, you gather a lot of information subconsciously. And um, so I think that two minutes is actually an eternity to be able to determine who someone is and what you think about them. And I think that uh, good writing and good acting and good directing, you know, there are things that you can do where 
one line or one gesture or one glance can tell you so much about a person. Uh, absolutely, I, you know. I guess you know. First impressions are made in a very quick amount of time, as you as you as you mentioned. So, uh, the other thing that that I think is fascinating is that you're working with professionals. So, I mean, Jane and Jeff and yourself and and your crew and and your cast members. Uh, but if you you know you're you're writing for two minutes now. I mean, typically I would think that you must come up with a whole lot of material. And then weed it down to what is the two minutes going to be. So you you have a, a selection process, and then from there you go, okay, this is this is our episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, the episodes uh, we generally figure out, you know, the story. We come up with an outline for the entire story, and then how that breaks down into each episode. So. Episode one, here's what we need to know in order to set up what's happened and what's going to happen, and then what the beats of that particular episode are. So we flesh that out so much that by the time it actually comes to writing dialogue, we know exactly what needs to be said and conveyed. So there's not too much to strip away at the end. Um, Mostly what gets stripped away is any extra dialogue that might be funny but isn't necessarily moving the story along. If it's not moving the story along or showing something about the character, then it generally doesn't stick around. And and therein is the lesson for the longer feature film or television show. I mean, you can do all that in two minutes. Um, you should be able to do uh, that and a whole lot less, I should say, in 90 minutes. Because too often it's it's filler. There's stuff that shouldn't be there, doesn't need to be there, uh, doesn't add to moving the story forward in in longer efforts. And and you've got this, you know, honed. You've got it streamlined. Yeah, and I think that even if you're working with a bigger project, to break things down in such a micro way. You know, I would love to watch a movie where every two minutes there's some new advancement in the story. And clearly, you know, a lot of time your story does need breathing room and you can sure. let things you know sort of exist without rushing them uh but i mean yeah i would love to watch a, a movie where in every two minutes we've got a new character a new problem um <laughs> that's actually that's what i love about uh scott pilgrim versus the world is that what it is is that uh-huh. the whole title Scott Pilgrim, is that every scene, there's a new problem, there's a new issue, and it just holds your attention through the whole thing and keeps moving, and I think it's brilliant. Oh, very cool. Well, let me, and and in all fairness, there, there, you do need breathing room, and you need to recover from laughter. You just can't laugh nonstop for, you know, 90 minutes. But Sure, but, yeah, you don't want to uh, wedge. Right. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, let me uh, ask you a little bit about. You're from Dallas and grew up acting. Uh, can you give us a little bit about your background and 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 how you uh, came into this? Yeah. Um, well, gosh, from Dallas to this is <laughs> there's a lot that happened in between. Um, you got two minutes. Yeah. Okay. I grew <laughs> up in Dallas and um, got out of there as soon as I could. And came to L.A. and moved here homeless, didn't know where I was going to live, slept in a hotel for four days, found a place to live. I went to film school at LACC and studied editing and screenwriting. And I wanted to go into directing because I, I wanted to make the project and I wanted more creative control. I wanted to be on the production side. And I did a, a music video um, in one of my classes, and my film professor was like, uh, why, why aren't you in front of the camera? And I said, well, you know, I, I grew up acting in theater and commercials and stuff, but it's just not really my interest anymore. And she's like, well, I think you need to make it your interest, and you can do this production stuff when you're in your 50s and <laughs> your good looks and your youth are gone. And I said, okay, all right, fine, all right, you got a point. So I started thinking more about that, and I went to Second City and graduated from the Second City. And uh, then in, like, 2006, maybe, my friend told me about this website called YouTube. Uh And uh, it's, like, where people post videos of themselves. And I thought, okay, there's something 
going on at YouTube. So I started making uh, videos, short-form videos about popular topics and doing commentary style. And I I did that to start building a fan base and to have uh, my name on something going out there so that maybe people within the industry would see it or I'd get auditions from it or... Uh, and that was actually how I met Jane, and she tweeted me one day and was like, hey, I saw one of your videos. It was funny. Let's go to lunch. So we became friends for a couple of years, and then we're having dinner one night and stumbled onto the idea for husbands, and I was really excited about the story. So we kind of came up with a verbal outline, and... Uh, I went home and wrote a script and sent it to her, and she was like, I love it. And she did a once-over on it and punched it up and sent it back to me, and we kind of volleyed it back and forth, and then we made it. (laughs) Well, that is so cool. And, and, I mean... Um, we should mention Nathan Fillion is in it, and and let's mention your your co-stars in it as well. Go ahead and... Mm -hmm. Um, well, there's Alessandra Torsani, who was Zoe Greystone on Caprica, and uh, Jane brought her in. Well, actually, Jane introduced me to her, and I had become friends with her and thought that she would be perfect. I actually wrote the script initially for the two of us. It was a different story about single life in Hollywood, and uh, it felt very Will and Grace, and Jane was actually the one who said you know, I like this, it's really funny, I just don't know that this is really that fresh. And we kept talking, and then we stumbled onto, oh, wait, what if it's a newlywed couple? And so we added the husband character, and we ended up casting Sean Hemian uh, as Brady. And, yeah, the, the rest is history, I guess. And speaking of Will and Grace, Jeff Greenstein, <laughs> direct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah who was a writer at Will and & Grace and, and uh, on Friends and did uh, did writing for Desperate Housewives and uh, directed a few episodes as well. Right, so that's all, all very cool, very, very cool. So um, once you collaborated in this in this, in this sense and, and it became what it is now, um, what how do, how do you where do you go from there i mean in other words you, you did you, did you do your your pilot did you write 20 uh, 11 episodes and shoot them back to back how did you how did you structure uh, your your shooting schedule and 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 making the series happen and i should ask before before you answer that just because uh, beth who's in the chat room says uh, you know i love husbands of series what are the plans for more of the show, and I think it's it's good for people to know right away. Uh, well, I I would say, um, you know, as as far as more, I mean, I've certainly written more for the show, um, and uh, you know, I would say it's probably moved into a realm where it's probable more than it is possible, but. Uh, at this point, there's nothing to report. Um, as far as shooting it, what we did was we got everything uh, everything together as far as the story. We had a read-through. Uh, we had a session with some comedy writers where we read it out loud, and, and they pitched some jokes um, that we incorporated into the script. And then when we shot it, we let's see. I think we had a final script done in April, and then we ended up shooting, or April or May, and then we ended up shooting in August. And we just shot four days. We did two weekends, uh, and we got 22. Well, I guess we got about 26 minutes in that time, and turned around and edited that so that we could premiere it by September 13th. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Now. Um, uh, I, I want to go back because you said there's nothing to report. Does that mean? I mean, when I had spoken with Jane, you were doing some location scouting. Are you uh, are you hoping to plan a, a second season or or get one shot or? 
Um, plans, I would say that, that plan, you know, plans, the best laid plans of mice and men. Um, oh, uh, man. Yeah, I you know actually I would I would be able to give you a better answer probably after next week. Okay, well we'll we'll, we'll have everybody hang in there then, and and uh, if you want to give me an answer, then I I will um, uh, pass that along uh, when it's appropriate. Uh, but what then? Let me ask you, why do people like husbands so much? I mean, it, it is an endearing and a, and a capturing and intriguing show. It moves right along. I mean, I, I have sat and just watched episode after episode after episode, you know, I mean, on, on the webpage. By the way, let me say it's husbandtheseries.com. Husband oh, thanks for that. Oh, gosh, I can't believe I hadn't done that yet. Oh, <laughs> I need to have more coffee. Shave, shave. Yes, that's right. Wake up. Wake up, Cheeks. Um, I'm not no, but it's husband, husbandtheseries.com. Um, why do people like it so much? I think that, uh, you know, it. while it... It taps into something that I think people care about, which is marriage equality. And so it's got that element of a story that is is timely and and it's a hot topic right now. And I I think that the characters are likable because they're nice to each other and they like each other, which doesn't mean there aren't problems and that they don't have issues with each other, but they're not snarky, they're not, you know, I I feel like so many times you see characters that, I, I, I don't know about you, but I, I watch a lot of stuff and I'm like, why are we watching this person? Like, they're they're horrible to their friends or they, they want to kill themselves. Why should I be interested in somebody who wants to kill themselves? You know, and I just, right. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, and I don't I mean, think actually, that's the case with these characters. No, it's not. And, and it's, you know, it, it's true. I mean, this is very loving, very friendly, very... Uh, and not that there aren't conflicts, but but none of it is is pejorative. Is none of it is is. I was not a huge. I mean, I watched sitcoms, but it was my ex-wife when we were married uh, who turned me on to sitcoms, and then because that's all she watched when I met her. So I would watch them. And when my first child was born, she said, "Okay, we can't watch this around the house." And I was like, "Why?" She goes, "Because it's all insult humor. Mm-hmm. Everybody's making fun of everybody else. Everybody's downgrading people, you know. And, and I was like, "Wow, I, I, I guess it didn't." I grew up in the Marx Brothers, so it never thought, you know, I never thought anything of it. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, Don Rickles and things like that. So it, did, it didn't face me. But but you're right. I mean, the, the sitcom. There's so much out there that is is less than glorious. And then Friends comes along, and it really does have uh, a, a nice way of being toward each other. I mean, they're mm-hmm. they're friends, they're they're lovers, they're they're you know they're they care about each other. Yeah, and and I think the other thing is that when you have a relationship with two guys, you know, I think uh, men and women can look at that relationship and see elements of themselves in either role. You know, when you're watching mm-hmm. a couple that's a man and a woman, I think the tendency is to you know, either you can relate to the guy or you can't, or you can relate to the girl or you can't. But that's the role because that's, you know, that's your gender, and so you're looking at it that way. But I think that when you're watching two people where that element doesn't exist, you can see, like, oh, I, I understand that point of view, and, oh, I feel connected to him in this way. And, and uh, it's, you know, it's not specific to gender. And, you know, I, I think it delivers the premise that it, or the the promise of of funny, you know. People see comedy, and I, when I hear comedy, I'm like, oh, really, comedy? Like it's like when somebody <laughs> says, "Hey, listen to my my band, we're really good," and you're like, oh god, okay. Um, so I think that there's that sort of, oh, it's gonna be funny, huh? And then you watch it, and you're like, oh, oh wait, it actually is funny. Um, and and I think that people like funny, and it says it's gonna be funny, and I think it's funny, and I think enough other people think it's funny to consider it funny. So uh, I think that that goes a long way. No, no, that's that's, that's an excellent point. Um, how about uh, the notion that uh, you know you're dealing with uh, the the idea that that apart from will and grace, it seems that like on TV, uh, writers have been reluctant to write gay characters. You know that embody what you know, some see as stereotypical behavior. Mm-hmm. They're, they're trying, you know, which which, and I find some conversations that I recently had some somewhat shocking about the uh, 
um, what can I say, networks, not wanting, they want to program crossover. They don't want to program stereotypical stuff. So what, can, can you address that? Yeah, I, you know, that's interesting um, because I think that there's, there's an interesting thing where it's, it's not um, as much of an issue to be gay in Hollywood. It's the kind of gay that you are. Uh, because oh, you know, on, yeah. On <clears throat> on one hand, you've got people complaining that that people on the gay people on television are all you know feminine sissy stereotypes. Uh, but there have been several occasions where I have been turned down for a role because they want someone who just happens to be gay, which is Hollywood talk for you're too gay. Um, <laughs> But then, I mean, I, I did a show for MTV where they wanted me to be bigger. Can you do it bigger? Can you can you be bigger? Uh-huh. Which means, can you be more gay? Right. So, you know, each each individual project has a specific idea for how they want to represent the gay community. But I think that actually ends up being detrimental because... And this is the case with most trends in Hollywood, is that everyone ends up doing the same thing. So you end up with a homogenization. It's a homo-homogenization is what it is, where every gay character turns out to be the same type of gay character. And I think that if people didn't focus so much on activism in the casting room and they would just let a performance exist without judging it as this will be bad for representing or this this is the kind of gay that should be on TV or, you know, just let people be people. And I think that you'd see more diversity. You know, gay people come in all shapes and sizes. So, well, I would say it sounds like, you know, being black. I mean, at some point, it's, you know, we need light-skinned blacks in order to get people to accept blacks. You know, sure, and we, that was you know, that was um, exactly an issue when when black people were first, you know, in in film, and they weren't just playing a maid or whatever, you know, right. uh, and and the whole the movement was you know really dark skinned black people, and then it became oh really light skinned black people, and then you know there there was a certain kind of black that you needed to be in order to be, you know, and and that's exactly the way it is now, you know, they're there are gays that don't want to be the purse-holding best friend, and then there are gays that feel like it's important to important to show the the butch motorcycle riding, you know, Harley dude, and the fashionista, and that's that's kind of where I'm coming from, is that to show one specific. To show somebody who's a stereotype is to show somebody that has no depth or dimension to their character, but that is not to say that somebody can't have traits that are generally stereotypical. So just because, like my character, for example, you could say is a stereotype because he's he knows nothing about sports and he's flamboyant and he's feminine, but he's got something at stake. He's got a heart. He's got concerns. You know, it doesn't mean he's not a human being. So to call someone a stereotype and judge them for that and try and tilt it the other way so that you're representing something for the sake of fighting against some sort of common perception is is inauthentic, I think, to real life, and I think it's inauthentic to character development. Well, it, it you know, stereotyping is a brain's way of reducing things to the fewest number of characteristics to make it identifiable. And sadly, what happens is is that people then latch on to those few things and and assume that it it applies to the larger class of, of everything, you know, or of all peoples. Um, but I mean, it it is a, it is a function that allows us to to recognize at the same time, and a function that allows us to discriminate as well. Sadly, um, the, the the is there. When, when you were talking about that, as an actor, as a personality, as as the as the as the person who you are, as cheeks, do you have? Uh, is there is is? And you mentioned uh, about the, the kind of gays in Hollywood versus being gay. Um, is 
is is is this still kind of this ongoing issue? I mean, do you see a change coming down the road, or um, for and and uh, in your program, Brad is not the stereotypical uh, flamboyant gay. He's he's less gay. He's the sports gay. He's the until he comes out, nobody would know he was yeah. uh, Brady. I'm sorry, I said yeah. Brad. I'm sorry, Brady. I apologize. Um, so. <laughs> So, um, you know, you have the two the two characters there. Yeah, and the reason for that is because they're opposites. You know, they right. are the odd couple. They're Dharma and Greg. So we had to make two men that were at either end of the spectrum. And it didn't even occur to me that my character might be portraying stereotypes here and there because... It, it just struck me as funny. This guy's completely different than this guy, and sure. uh, and you know there there was a very small amount of feedback where where that that word was used. You know, oh, they're just relying on gay stereotypes. Um, but you know, I don't. People are so afraid of that word, but but a stereotype literally the the, the definition is a popular belief about a specific type of individual. Mm-hmm. So if someone were to say to me, you're gay, so it's probable that you enjoy shopping, why would that make me angry? You know, like, how dare you? That's oh, you, you have a generalization of me. Just because I'm gay, you think I like shopping? Well, I mean, yes, I love shopping, but how dare you? I mean, who cares? And right. even if the assumption were something that wasn't true, like if somebody got me tickets to a musical, well, I don't like musicals, but I'm not going to get offended because you assumed that I was gay and that I liked musicals. Like, I, I have better things to do with my time than take that personally, you know? Right, right. So, That's an excellent point. Yes. I just I think people have a natural aversion to being thought of as predictable and everyone sure. wants to be unique and deep and I think maybe the loathing and the fear of stereotypes actually comes from an insecurity that people don't come across as deep or developed um or maybe they actually don't feel deep and developed and I just I don't doubt my depth, I guess. So it's not really a concern to me whether or not the outside world is acknowledging how deep and complex I am. You know, if if you're going to see something about me and say, oh, well, because you happen to have a trait that aligns with a common stereotype, you clearly have no depth or dimension. Well, like, who's judging who now? Like, you're no better than somebody who says I'm not allowed to get married or, you know, that what I'm doing is sinful. It's the same mentality, um, and it's just very ignorant. So I just don't worry about it too much. To me, funny is funny, and people are who they are. And to place a judgment like, well, that's a stereotype, well, that's a stereotype is a judgment. So calling it that... We're not going to progress forward and allow people to just be who they are by labeling people with with something that they're not allowed to have, even though it might be intrinsic to who they are. Well, it does seem that that you know Hollywood has always had the difficulty of of you know, what typecasting, you know, whether it was George Reeves or Superman or. Or maybe you as cheeks, but the but the but the, the, the you're obvi- I mean you know, people are obviously more than the, the characters that they play or the personas that they put on, and uh, so in terms of in terms of that, I mean, where where do you see you going, you know, in in the future, and and what title do you see you know Brad Bell having for years from now is that is it behind the scenes as a producer you know writer or is it on camera in in a variety of different roles what what is it that you um hope to um, to pursue in in the coming years oh gosh well the possibilities are endless really um i i really like creating and I definitely see myself always um 
having a hand in in different elements of uh, productions, which is not to say that I wouldn't love to step into something where I'm just an actor and I show up to set and I act and then I leave. Um, I just don't think I'd want to do it for an extended period of time. You know, I would love to go to, you know, a movie or something. Um, I would, I would like to continue what I'm doing in, in the world of husbands because I like the world and I like the world for that character so much. And I would really love to expand the brand of that character and create a world where that character has uh, a bunch of different outlets for his creativity, like music and doing videos online and um, music videos and create an entire universe around that. And then I think that once I feel satisfied with having created that world for Cheeks, I might feel more comfortable venturing out and doing some more chameleon-like character work. Um, uh, yeah, I would love to, you know, when I see actors like, um, I don't know, Tony Collette or uh, uh, Kate Blanchett, and, and I, I don't even recognize them for the first 30 minutes of what I'm watching, I would really like to to venture into that realm. But, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if, if I had a certain amount of success and then just wanted to sit in my house in the forest and write a bunch of screenplays all the time and, you know, hide from the world. I don't know. It could go either way. <laughs> I understand. Hey, I'm going to have to take a short break, and we've got so many people in the chat room that have questions for you. I'm going to suspend some of the questions that I would ask and ask some of those from the chat room if that's all right with you. But let me uh, first take a, a momentary break and let people know what uh, – what's coming up, okay? All righty, sounds good. Awesome, all right. You're listening to Rex Sykes Movie Beat. The official URL is rexsikes.com. That's my name, Rex Sykes. All of the interviews can be listened to live from rexsykes.com at the Interviews blog, as well as archived 24-7, and you can listen to them anytime. You can also get them from iTunes at uh, as podcasts, download them. There's over 280 hours. All we ask is that you share these interviews with others, that you tweet or comment live while the show is going on. Leave comments right there at the player where you're listening to the show. It's either visible right now underneath the player or it will be after you close the player, so please leave a comment. Don't go away today without leaving a comment and rate and review the podcast at iTunes. Upcoming, my next guest uh, next week will be Patrick Breen. Patrick co-stars with uh, Willie Garson in the web series, uh, whole way down and he'll be coming up and talking about that then on the 15th peter marshall will join us for the director series it's an excellent series about how a director prepares for shooting uh the production process working with actors script breakdown things like that um, from the director's standpoint so listen to that doug richardson the writer of bad boys money train die hard 2 and others will be joining us on the 20th actor producer writer director nick mancuso uh will be joining us on the 22nd uh, so be sure to stay tuned. Gary King is a director. He's directed the the musical that uh, is uh, making a lot of press right now. How do you write a Joe Sherman song? Sherman song. It's not yet released, but a lot of people know about it and, have, and are, are making waves about it. He'll join us on the 27th. And then Laquanda Plant is a casting director out of Atlanta, Georgia. She will join us on the 29th. That will take us up until the end of the month. By the way, the movie that I produced and line produced, Girls Gone Dead, uh, is premiering in Florida and South Beach on the 28th of Florida. I'm not going to be able to go, but lots of the cast and crew and everybody else is going to be there. So if you're in South Beach and you hear the news, go see Girls Gone Dead. And uh, meanwhile, everybody uh, take care. Oh, and the Field Film Fest is coming up on the 30th in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, actually at Wauwatosa West High School. And let me say that uh, the Field Film Fest is a Wonderful little festival. If you're in the listening area, uh, please do attend. All right, we're Brad, back with Brad Bell, better known as Cheeks. Uh, HusbandTheSeries.com is the web series that uh, Brad has uh, produced. He acts and stars in it as Cheeks, um, but he uh, produces with Jane Spenson, a very prolific writer, producer, and, uh, and Jeff Greenstein uh, directs it. 
and uh, I'm happy to have him on the show. And uh, now I want to take some of these questions from the chat room. Um, can I just say, "Girls Gone Dead"? That's awesome. Oh, is you like that? that. <laughs> can I see that? Is that out? Is that what is it's that? Not, I, I hear the title and I want to see it immediately. It sounds awesome. It uh, yeah, it, it, we we shot it in Florida a couple uh, in 2010, and um, it was a throwback spoof to 80s slasher movies. And oh, uh, it's got my name all over it. I love it. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's it's, it's expected to do real well this summer. The people who picked up Twilight have picked it up for television and, and everything, and uh, I and uh, so everybody's expecting a big thing with this movie. Uh, I hope that's the case. But uh, when when it comes out, we'll let we'll let everyone know. Well, and yes, That's absolutely, awesome. I, I'd love you to see it. Um, let me see here. I want to try and scroll back and find some. I know somebody asked you about the soap awards and the red carpet experience, and wanted to know what that was like for you. And I'm going to see if I can find the question and and who it's from. Oh my goodness. I apologize while I go through. Yeah, I'll attempt to answer it um, while you... um, Yeah, go ahead and answer whatever I just said. (laughs) It was really fun. The Indie Soap Awards were a really great time, and um, it was an interesting experience because some people on the red carpet were like, oh, it's husbands, and then other people were like, who are you? (laughs) And it was very strange, and then you get to this woman before you have your picture taken who's got your picture in front of her and you've never met her and she's like oh you're this one and she circles your picture and takes down your name and um it was fun it was very chaotic and and like i said it was uh it was an interesting experience to run into somebody who was a huge fan and knew all these questions to ask and was really excited to see you and then turn around and people be like i don't know what you do so tell me what you do okay we're live and then putting a microphone in your face um and and the award ceremony itself was really great and you know we were there as nominees for writing and for acting so it was uh oh, how cool. all around exciting evening very cool let me see here um i know i'm missing one but alex asked what uh your biggest writing challenge has been in writing husbands hmm. uh I, act breaks are I don't know if it's the biggest challenge, but it, it is uh, It is a challenge to come up with a story that has a new element or problem or twist every two minutes. Um, oh, right. You know, especially because you don't want to, you know, you want it to strengthen your story. You don't want to just throw something in that interferes with you know, just for the sake of having a cliffhanger. So it has to be motivated, and and that's been challenging. Um, for, you know, for me, I think the thing that I probably end up working on the most is shorter, is the brevity. You know, I'll I'll do a pass on a script, and I'll have a scene that's three minutes when it needs to be two. And so I'll go back through and go, you know, how do I say this shorter? How do I use fewer words? How can I um, cut this down? Because um, I can I can be long-winded sometimes. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> um, somebody mentioned uh, that they are having coffee in their husband's with their husband's a series cup. Do you merchandise, or is that a, a, a cast and crew cup, or? Yeah, yeah, we merchandise. We got all kinds of products. You can go um to the husband's website and um there's some info there. We we do that through Zazzle. So so for those listening right now, those in the chat room, there are there is product. They can go to husbandsaseries dot com where they can watch husbands or see blogs about recent husbands right. news or order husbands merchandise. I want a husband's apron. I still haven't gotten a husband's apron and I need to I need to get on that so that I can cook with my husband's apron. There you go. Now uh Jean asks and and this is good. She says, Can you tell us about other projects you're working on? And how is your YouTube videos going to interact with, and then it scrolled, how is your YouTube going to interact with your new website launch on March 16th? Um, we Well, my website, We You Me, is undergoing a facelift. 
so that uh, it will actually launch its official version. It's It's been in beta for about a year, and the videos that will be featured on Wii U Me are embedded on my YouTube channel, uh, or they will be, starting March 16th. All right. Um, Can you specify the web address one more time? Just yeah, it's W-E-Y-U-M-E. So it's We, You, Me without an O, which is not the best marketing for word of mouth. I didn't really think it through. Um, but uh, uh, we will be launching on March 16th, and um, it's it's entertainment and lifestyle. So it's, it's a website for the enjoyer of the renaissance life and it has uh, many different elements of culture and art and news and uh it's part blog part entertainment um but mostly mostly a portal for for content both original and aggregated uh, uh Joe Wilson asks you this question. He says, does Brad write character bios as part of the process, uh, as part of your writing process? Mm, no. Uh, maybe if I felt like I, I needed to understand a character better, I would. I think that's a good idea. But um, with husbands specifically, the characters are so, I mean, I just know who they are. You know, they're so, Haley especially. I mean, I can just sit down and write every, everything Haley says, and I can hear Alessandra saying all of it. Um, so, no. Uh, but, you know, that's, I might, because sometimes you will be in the middle of a scene or, or thinking about where the story can go, and then you it occurs to you that you're not sure, you know, like if we're going to meet Cheeks' parents, well, does he have parents? Does he just have a mom? Are they married? Are they divorced? Or, you know, like what? what's the story there? Um, but I, I think it's good to develop them more and move further along rather than to try and figure it out all up front because it allows things to sort of, happen organically and you can learn things and then sometimes you'll set something up for yourself that you didn't intend but it's true so like Brady has brothers so if there's you know a scene about you know Christmas or something then Brady will have brothers there because we wrote a line about Brady's brothers um, so that's part of his bio now that like you mm -hmm. didn't intend and I think that's interesting I think it's interesting to just sort of keep your characters going and then keep track of the information you've revealed about them and let their bios sort of happen that way. Very cool. Very cool. Now, we have about 13, actually, you and I have about uh, 12 minutes, maybe 11 minutes left here. Uh, today, we're going an hour. Uh, Cheeks has a, a, a commitment, so we're going to honor that. Let me um, ask this question from the chat room. It's, uh, I don't know who it is, but they say, how much does the editing of your YouTube videos change the written content of the skit? And they go on to ask, does it become a part of the storytelling beyond a part of the creative function? Oh, yeah. What a great question. Yes, uh, editing is the final rewrite of the script because you can move things around. You can gloss over things with speed, you can slow things down and really let a moment focus on something that, that changes the highlight of the script. It's almost like the script is a painting and the editing is the lights on the painting, you know, and, and the way that you use it to highlight the river or whatever the painting is of. Um, I would say the way it changes it the most is again it it just it edits me um and always for the better you know uh there's this interesting this it's like a switch in my brain that will happen and I'll write something and I'll shoot it and then when I'm editing it I'm like that's not funny that's 
okay, that's kind of callous and mean. Why did I even write that? Oh, God, get that out of there. It's like I'm looking at a completely different person's work, and I can sit there and go, no, no, that doesn't, no, you've already made that point. That's repetitive. Get that out of there. And I can cut something down, 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 and that'll help shape the voice of it, Um, especially if I'm doing something that's more like a criticism or a commentary and I'll think, you know, oh, that's too much. I really don't want to go that far. You know what I could do is, oh, I can take this part and put it up front to sort of set up where I'm going in terms of the tone and what I thought was going to be my opening doesn't really work anyway, so I'll just lose that, keep the middle, and then maybe, you know, add a couple things at the end to sort of lighten it up. So it, it's absolutely rearranging the recipe of what's there. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's very good. That's also very good. And I want to say earlier rather than later that I've got to have you back. Uh, you're a fascinating guest, but you also, I think the the intersection of the web series, the YouTube, the, the VH1, the different things that you do, there's so many things that want to ask and that fans want to ask, you know, that they're going to want to have you, uh, you know, we're all going to want to have you back to be able to address uh, so many of these, these different areas. Um because you know you met Jane through you know your efforts on YouTube studios today say hey you know we're monitoring YouTube we're watching Vimeo we're watching Hulu we're watching all these things because of the content and, and people being creators it is an avenue for people to to uh to excel and and or to to acquire uh experience and fame and hopefully money and uh as is our web series now and web series are uh growing and evolving um, Joe Wilson, uh, Vampire Moms. I love the web series Vampire Moms. There's uh, uh, the whole way down. There's your web series. There's there's some that are really excellent web series, and then there are those that are are, are not quite so good. And and it's it's interesting, I think, for all of us, you know, especially with this the, the notion of transmedia and how the internet is going and shaping, uh, you know, where we're headed. Do you have any? Um, um, Thoughts or comment about you know the importance of social media to to uh, you know artists and personalities and filmmakers and 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 where we might be headed with the with the internet and what we can do what advice you you know have for uh, people out there? Yeah, yeah, I think um, social media is I would venture to say just as if not more important than the product you're making itself um, because. The the entertainment industry is commercial, mm-hmm. whether you like that or not. It's just a fact. It's not good or bad. It's commercial. It's meant to sell things, and it's meant to create giant brands that a lot of people are looking at so that somebody can sell something to you. And any time a deal gets made, you know, there might be a company that really does want to support something or spread a good message or, you know, entertain people, that that can certainly be, you know, uh, something that people do with integrity and, and it's important to them to retain the merit of what they're doing. But anytime someone gets a deal, it's always because somebody thinks that there's a dollar there that they can turn into a hundred. So. Absolutely. Once you get past that and it's like, okay, great, it's about making money, you realize the importance of people looking at you because that is how you get things done is if you have a lot of people looking at you. And, you know, 50 years ago and we're still sort of coming out of this era where gatekeepers like a a movie studio or a newspaper, they were the way you got in front of a lot of people. There was no medium for putting you in front of a lot of people on your own. And so that was really the only way it was done. You know, it was a television advertiser or something. And now we're in an era where you can put yourself in front of those people. And if you put yourself in front of enough people, then you've got the leverage to say, I have all these people looking at me. So, do you want me to drink from your water bottle? Great. You know, that'll be 10k, please. <laughs> um, and 
I think that that's a great thing. I think that it's really empowering, and I, I think that people um, are embracing it, and I think that that is definitely the wave of the future. I, I heard uh, that, and whether or not this is true, I don't know, but it has been speculated that Ashton Kutcher's stint on Two and a Half Men was strictly because he had 13 million people on Twitter, which means that every single week, Two and a Half Men gets the benefit of Ashton Kutcher telling 13 million people that he's going to be on TV tonight. And they've got, you know, that entire audience tuning in. And so that is the power of social media. So if if you have something that you want to create, you know, like I said, you can do it with integrity and merit and make what you want to make. Uh, but at the same time, you need to make sure that you're getting in front of more people all the time and that those people aren't just looking at you but interacting with you and paying attention to what you're doing. Um, which hopefully will come from giving them something that they do care about that is a good thing that, you know, is uh, is standing on its own in terms of being a worthy project. Um, but but just as important as creating something that you like that's good for the world, hopefully, is whoring yourself out. <laughs> and that's the new era of entertainment. That is awesome and, and aptly put and very well said. Um, and, I, and I do, I really appreciate it. I, I love what you said. And I'm going to ask a follow-up question, but we, we only got about two minutes. So uh, we're going to have you back. We're going to tell the fans and the listeners when. Before I even ask my questions, let me say it's uh, the Twitter address. is uh, Go Cheeks Go is a, a Twitter address. There's a Janus Benson uh, at Twitter. And um, and then the husbands this series how is how is that spelled out? Team husbands Twitter? on Twitter. Team husbands, team husbands. That's right. Team, team husbands on Twitter. Go cheeks, go, and Janice Benson. And I hope you all follow me too, and uh, and you all follow them, and because uh, we should all follow each other. All right. And I'm Rex Sykes. Movie beat. That last word is BT. Um, the question, and if we don't get through it in two minutes, because it's an awful lot to chew off, bite off in two minutes, is um. Yeah, I, I agree, and the product should be good, and it should be uh, things that engage the audience and uh, and uh, capture them, and we'll have to talk more at another show. But just very briefly, how do people get seen? I mean, there's so much of a leveler out there when there's millions of people doing it. How, how do you rise to the top? How do you get husbands to get views? How do you get cheeks to get views on YouTube? Well, <clears throat> well those are two um similar but different things. I yeah. think first I don't I don't think it's necessary to rise to the top. People everyone wants to come up with the next shit girls say and uh-huh. have 24 million views in in a day. That's great. Yeah, if you can do that, do that. It, that's not necessary to um to succeed, I, I have never had a video blow up with millions and millions of views, and, and um, I think in some ways it can oversaturate you and not be such a good thing. Um, granted, don't turn it down if the opportunity comes along, but uh, you don't need to go to the top to succeed. You know, uh, you can make something that the right person sees. Maybe only 16 uh, people saw it, and one of those 16 people was the head of, you know, uh-huh. some major studio or television network. Um, I think that it's important to tap into ideas culturally like gay marriage without, and I mean, you can certainly do that directly in a commentative way, talking about what happened last night on TV. That's very effective. A lot of people make a great living doing that. I think that what you're going to see happen more is an integration, a more subtle integration of what's happening worked into narrative. And I think that if you can do that, that is a fresher take and that people will respond to that because it will be more like, what is this? I've never seen anything like this. And I think that Finding an opinion about something that is popular but unrepresented. 
so um, that's what I've always tried to do on my YouTube with Cheeks is if I'm commenting on a story, I generally pick something that isn't being said as much but that I know a lot of people will agree with, like... Um, and I have to agree with it, too. I don't just find an opinion and, and go with whatever opinion I think is going to work. I, I have to actually have that opinion. Uh-huh. Um, there was a video, actually the one that Jane saw, which is how we met, about Miss California, where one of the candidates for Miss USA or something, where you know she was asked about gay marriage, and she had this really contrived answer where she took a bunch of English words and tried to put them all together and pass it off as a cohesive thought, and it wasn't at all. And the conversation was, did she get booted because she supported, or because she didn't support gay marriage? And so the conservatives were mad because she expressed how she honestly felt and didn't get the crown. And, you know, everyone in defense of gay marriage said, well, she deserved to lose the crown for not supporting gay marriage. And nobody seemed to be saying it was because she was an idiot. Like, she could not make a sentence, and she it was ridiculous. Like, when I read what she had said in print, I was like, why is nobody saying this is just because she's a dumbass? Like, I'm sorry, but it, this has nothing to do with gay marriage, people. Uh-huh. And no one was saying that. So I made that video, and it was very popular because people were like, yes, exactly. You know, the media likes to pick polarizing extremes and make them really big and shout them at people. And I think that there's a completely underrepresented market uh, and an and underrepresented group of people that have thoughts that are somewhere in between that are based on a variety of things. So if you can find that and and serve that voice, I think that that is uh, the way to go. That is excellent. And with that, we're going to have to let you go because you have to get somewhere quickly. So... I'm going to say goodbye and say thank you so much for being here. We'll let the uh, listeners know when you're going to come back. I hope that's sooner rather than later, hopefully April. Absolutely. Well, I know that you are you're, you're a booked guy. You're booked up pretty far in advance, but um <laughs> yeah. we'll work maybe, it out. Maybe we can work something out. Yeah. We will work it out. Absolutely. So thank you so much for being here, Cheeks. I I I've enjoyed it so much. We've got great comments in the chat room from from your fan, from your fans and from listeners. And uh, and you have added great value to them today, especially to all of us who you know want to get our work seen, who want to have you know a presence on the internet, who who need an avenue or, or guidance in, in what way to go. I think I think your words have been stellar, and I know that they're appreciated. So thank you so much. Well, thank you, thank you very much, and thank you everyone who tuned in for listening. Thank you. All right, next time we'll be there. We'll be chatting again soon. All right, bye bye. All righty, bye bye. You have a good one. Again, Mr. Brad Bell, Cheeks, uh, creator with Jana Spenson and Jeff Greenstein of HusbandsTheSeries.com. HusbandsTheSeries.com. Go check it out. Uh, you can watch all the episodes right there of Season 1. It'll take you about 22 minutes. They've got also some, some teasers and some, some other things there. They've got blogs and uh, merchandise, so you're going to want to go to HusbandsTheSeries.com. You can follow uh, Cheeks at Go Cheeks Go. On Twitter, Jana Spenson. Her name is J A N E E S P E N S O N. Jana Spenson uh, at Twitter, and you can follow me at Rex Sykes Movie BT uh, at Twitter. Um, I don't have, and I should. Um, Jeff's uh, the director's uh, Twitter address in front of me, uh, but we'll find it and get it to you. I want to thank everybody for uh, joining us today. For listening, keep in mind that we got lots of great guests coming up. Please do leave comments right there at the player. Do not go away. Do not go away before you leave a comment. Do leave a comment about today's show and my guest, and um, and um, uh, wait if you have to for the for the comment window to open up after the player is closed because different browsers do different things. If you're listening to this as a podcast, please rate and review the podcast. And keep in mind that all the shows are archived at rexsykes.com. Uh, you go back, there's 280 hours. You can listen to Jane. She's done a couple shows with me about uh, husbands and about her work as a writer in sci-fi and working with Joss Whedon and, and all sorts of stuff. Jeff, who directs the show, has talked about 
his work on husbands as well as on you know friends and will and grace and desperate housewives and other things and there's so many great valuable guests and so much wonderful truly golden nugget information you want to you're going to want to go back and hear all of them you're going to want to subscribe to the podcast and and have it with you because it truly is as people have said a masterclass of filmmaking you know uh, right there at your at your headphones essentially all right everybody uh, my next guest is Patrick Breen from Whole Way Down, another web series you're going to want to pay attention to. Um, it's a, it's interesting that the web series kind of got uh, hit this month. Uh, not intentional, it's just the way that uh, the booking worked out. But uh, I'm so glad because it's uh, an important area of filmmaking, content uh, manufacturing, um, that is available to us now. So I want to thank my guest, Cheeks, Mr. Brad Bell, for being here today, and you, the readers and listeners of Movie Beat. Uh, Keep in mind, many more exciting guests coming up. Please sharing the website. Please share these interviews with all your friends and contacts. Also, please do become a friend on Facebook, Rex Sykes Movie Beat on Facebook is a friends page. Uh, check into Husbands the Series or to Cheeks or Brad Bell or Jeff Greenstein or Gene S. Benson on Facebook and, and look for those people as well. Um, but do, do join us there. All it takes is to go to Facebook, find like Rex Sykes Movie Beat, and hit the like button. And then you'll always be updated to uh, upcoming interviews and cast and crew information and different things that are going on. And find find the, the guests that I've mentioned. All right, everybody, have a fabulous day. Make your movies, complete your projects. Until we meet the next time, that is a wrap. <laughs>